Welcome to Speak of the Devil. My name is Reverend Campbell, and today I'm being joined by none other than Patrick DeMarco. How you doing, man? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good for this pandemic. I hope you all can hear me well. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good for the pandemic. I'm excited for the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's here, so I hope you're just prepared for it. You got toilet paper? Yeah, I have toilet paper. I'm, right. You know, if I run out, I'll just, you know, just wash it. You know. <laughs> Wait, you can do that? Yeah, you can wash things that you just started growing hair on, Adam. Huh. I've always just used, like, old t-shirts and stuff. That explains so much. Or tires. <laughs> or tires. <laughs> I use tires a lot. First of yeah. all, I didn't put the tire there. I didn't even come up with the idea. I just played along. <laughs> hey, you know what? Even though, you know, a good idea is still a good idea no matter who, who where it comes That's from. That's what I'm talking about, man. You, you, we're yeah. on the same page. We are on the same page. All right. So, uh, you... Gave me a text this morning, and we're just, by chance, able to set this up because I thought that I had said today, I actually said in a week, and things actually ended up working out perfectly so that we could do it today. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's, yeah, oh, no problem. I'm, I'm just glad to be doing this again. I haven't spoken to you in a long time in a big format, and I was yeah. like, wow, if there's ever a time to talk about something, like, this is the time. Yeah. Well, I, and I wanted to um, start off right there because, again, you did suggest this topic. But before uh, we dive into the topic proper, let me say hi to the folks in chat that have been here for a little bit. Uh, lingerie lover. Hey, you and me both, man. Uh, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Dean, good to see you. It's been a while. Zachary, how are you, man? Valeria, how are you, my dear? Uh, let's see. Is that a Wes Vanderpool I see? How you doing, man? It's been too long. we got to see you sometimes here soon. Uh, Jessen, what up? Jason, how you doing, man? And then, of course, anyone who comes in after the fact and wants to say uh, what they think or maybe answering Zachary's questions right there, uh, have yourselves some chats in the chat room. Let us know, hey, dog, how you doing? Um, let us know if you have any comments, and we'll address them as appropriate throughout the course of this uh, hour-ish dis long discussion. We may go under. It just depends on what we, uh, where we go with the conversation. So let's start with what prompted the conversation. There are a lot of things going on right now that I think is really what set this up uh, in your mind. So where where did this all start, Patrick? Well, I was thinking about like um, the basis of fear. Yeah. And I just thought like how many people are afraid of the future, of what's gonna happen, bills, things like that. Like all the things that we were so concerned about before are gone. Now we have a new set of things to be afraid of, to, to be uncertain of, to be um, more so relevant at the time that we're talking right now, because this is an amazing time in our lives. Like we're actually experiencing a pandemic that's, you know, got a lot of us quarantined in our own homes and mm -hmm. businesses have shut down and it's, you know, we are the elite and we are the ones that, you know, are our own God. So how do we deal with this kind of a situation and how do we identify with the fear of the unknown yeah it's an interesting conversation to be had because again what's that everything just froze on my end so if, if you can still see me oh that's yeah great. i got you okay yeah i can hear you perfectly i can see you moving everything um i can see you moving <laughs> when you sleep <laughs> i'm watching you every all time uh <laughs> maybe you shouldn't sleep in the nude <laughs> i just saying you know coming up there there's just so much hair everywhere so much no actually hair. i'm not a very hairy person so now i know you're lying fuck i've been found out damn it um but i dream does that count i dream about you it's bigger than your dreams just so you know <laughs> all right um okay <laughs> enough of the creeping thanks wes uh before this current pandemic and anything else that's going on in individuals' lives regionally, we did have these massive fears about, is my uh, job going to be reliable? Am I going to stay hired on uh, you know, for the next month? If you're living paycheck to paycheck, uh, am I going to come down with some illness that is going to not allow me to work? And then am I going to be able to pay the hospital bills of that illness? Um, fears of regular day-to-day -day life of the chaos of the universe coming in. Uh, what if a car kills your child and then you have to deal with that horror and that fear? And if you are a parent, then you know fear on a primal level that I would argue most people don't who are not parents because there is this thing that has presented you with an opportunity to love deeper and in a more awesome way than you ever have before 
and it is literally helpless in the world without you uh, for at least a few years. So this sense of dread that as a parent you hold with you, you carry around on a day-to-day -day basis, is just constant. And then with the regular stresses of, of life, the regular fears that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis, you toss in a pandemic and people start losing their goddamn minds, like hoarding, uh, immediately turning into straight up assholes to each other. Uh, who, you know, people who were once very friendly are now at best barely on speaking terms because you just want to stay within your bubble and protect your bubble rather than interact. And you have the media sensationalizing the crisis, uh, downplaying the crisis. You have our current administration. You see news from China and Italy and Iran. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because like, we don't trust our news now. Right. And then now this comes out. So we're like, well, fuck, is it really going to be told the right way? Should we panic? Should we not panic? You got Dr. Drew coming out talking about like, oh, it's not that bad. The media sensationalize it. And then you see like, hey, you can't leave your fucking house for 30 days. What the fuck is going on? Like, you know, we need real answers. And, you know, our trusted news sources have let us down completely. So now we're relying on, I mean, just, I guess, belief. Because I'm just like, in a way, I'm like, okay, is it as bad as they say? You know, and I'm a big conspiracy nut too. So I'm like, oh, it's yeah. funny how this is on an election. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, real, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can't vote. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Wartime president. And I was like, hmm. And then they come out with the senators that just got busted selling their stocks before the virus hit. Yeah. And they were warned about it. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah, what's, what's really going on here? And then I think like, I mean, we're to give a fight club reference we're setting the debt ratio back to zero <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's like who's going to collect like who's mm -hmm. going to evict you you have an apartment complex with let's say 300 units hypothetical are they going to evict 300 people that can't pay the rent because of the pandemic right like what's like what's what's going to happen here and I how long until society devolves right and then how long will it if it let's just say it is 30 days how long is the recovery yeah. How long is this going to start? I mean, they shut the lights off on the strip. In all the history of the strip, that's never happened. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was like, to me, I told my friend, I was like, we should have at least kept the lights on there to give people hope. Mm -hmm. Shutting off the lights on the strip, it just looks catastrophic. And yeah. it looks, you know, we growing up here in Las Vegas, there's always people on the strip. And then to drive down and just see it's like boarded up and nobody's there and, and the lights are off, it's like, is this the end? Like, yeah, are ghost we town. really facing the fuck? And then earthquakes over in Utah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just like on top of this, on top of this. It's like, is this the moment where the earth pukes us off of her? <laughs> I laugh, but it's a genuine thought. <laughs> like, I really have thought all of this myself. And I think it's a normal process of thought. Um, it's a normal fear to have when forced with the unknown to come up with your own solutions or your own outcomes or possible outcomes and to stress about them. So what I'd like to do is maybe talk a little bit about what fear is, and then we can then try to discuss a little bit, you know, what it is, where it comes from, how we can manage it, and then what we're dealing with right now and possibly come up with some solutions for people who are genuinely either terrified or just have this underlying current of fear that is going to ultimately deteriorate your health and make you more susceptible to either the regular seasonal flu, colds, any other viruses, including COVID-19. So it's- Yeah, it's I contacted becomes... the flu right before this and like I coughed at the store and people ran, dude. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. I was like, <laughs> like fuck. Black lung. And people <laughs> fucking ran, dude. COVID! COVID! <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's it's gonna be the point where, you know, you know, luckily some of us have saved money. Some mm. like you said, some people are paycheck to paycheck. So yeah. yeah, let's let's talk about like the definition of fear. You go ahead with that one and okay. then we'll, we'll just jump in. Yeah, let's let's get into this. And and again, so for everyone who understands, these Speak of the Devil shows are hour-long discussions about a topic that may be an individual or a project. In this particular case, it's about fear. And I always like to start off, if we're talking about, if we're discussing a topic, what that definition of the topic is so that we're all on the exact same page from Go. And so in this particular case, 
Fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. And I think fear often has a negative connotation, but it's actually responsible for our survival. Uh, because we've developed ways of triggering fear, it triggers a fight-or-flight response within us, and it allows us to survive situations where other species and other hominid, <laughs> other uh, uh, human-like species have just gone the way of the dodo because they were not as adept as we are at it, as Homo sapiens sapiens. So the psychology of fear is very interesting. It can be divided into two different responses. You have the biochemical and the emotional. The biochemical reaction is your fight or flight response, and we can get into the nitty gritty if we want to on that one. And then there's the emotional response to fear, which involves some of the same chemical reactions in our brain that positive emotions like happiness and excitement do, which is why people love to go to horror films, or maybe they love doing extreme sports that drive that adrenaline, that fear, right into their brain and and you get a little rush of dopamine and you get that's, that anxiety it's great that's a concentrated but that's by fear of choice you're yeah. choosing to go do these things you know that going to see a horror film is going to get your adrenaline up you know that going to a roller coaster is going to strive that fear this though is completely out of our control right. this is an unregulated fear this is um I think more emotional than a physical fear, which it could manifest in itself into a, a physical fear. Mm -hmm. um, paranoia will definitely set in. Um, in my opinion, I mean, this is above my pay grade, but, you know, we're at a time in history where it's the most historical time. Like, this is going to be a game changer on so many different levels. And the amount of fear that's not being controlled by the media is going to backfire big time. They need to start... You know, even if it is bad, don't say it's bad. Ooh, see, I don't know. Put I, a positive spin on it. Like, tr like Trump was, like, trying to put a positive spin on it. And I was like, you know, maybe that's not such a bad idea. I mean, we don't want to give people false hope. But at the same time, it's like people are looking for answers. And people are looking for um, some kind of um, resolution so they can get their mind around what's actually happening. Right. And you brought up a very good point about how it triggers that fight or flight, which could go either way yeah i i do want to i want to touch on that for a second that idea that um you brought up on whether or not you take an alarmist approach or you take uh, a, a sort of a pacifying approach to delivering news about fear in this particular case about covid19 and we've seen in other countries what happens when you try to calm the masses and you don't take the threat seriously it decimates populaces. Um, if you take an alarmist approach, then again, you have people hoarding toilet paper of all stupid things. Uh, but it's not one or the other. And I think we can take a situation seriously without going crazy about it. And that is educating yourself. Again, I've had a, a conversation about COVID-19 in the last nine cents that I ran and, you know, listen to the CDC, listen to the World Health Organization, and that should help you cope with some of the fears that you're getting, if not from the president, then from the media in America proper or from your own leaders or uh, government organizers wherever you live in the world. We, we do have to understand that if we don't take a situation seriously, our chances of existing through that situation are going to be slim to none. And that's why our body does create those fight or flight systems where you either have to throw down or GDFO because well, you, know, you will so not survive. Is, is, is more of a responsible reporting right. than it catering one way or the other way. Just try to stay responsible and try to just be up to date with the news. Yeah. Not trying to sensationalize it either one way or the other way, which is very, I'm sure it's a very tough line to walk. Oh, it's gotta be. Uh, it's a very, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how that this situation has just gone from, Oh, people making Corona memes to all of a sudden we are locked within our homes for 30 days. Mm. It, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're doing this show, by the way, because I was really concerned about fear. And I was like, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to even address some things, give some people to let them know that what they're feeling is OK yeah. and that we are feeling the same way as well and get some perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's something that I think. And again, this is anecdotal in my own personal 
interpretation of, of interactions I have. But I do often find that Satanists tend to be a little bit more extreme in their reactions to things because you do have this sense of superiority over the rest of the herd. I mean, the fact is we call the rest of mankind the herd because we see them as lesser than, as mindless drones, as it were. Uh, and so you see yourself superior to them. And so when you start feeling emotions that are normal, that are regular human emotions, but are typically connected with the herd, as it were, then you start to question, am I really different or am I really separate? And why am I feeling these emotions when I'm supposed to be this enlightened being or whatever the fuck that means? I think See, a lot that's of where intelligence comes in and right. rationalization of those fears. You are hundred percent correct on that. Like, yeah, as elitist and as people that we are our own gods that we create in our own world, we have a different approach to it. We may have the mental uh, capabilities to weather this storm out because like you said, it's a common fear for everybody. Yes, it is herd mentality, but at the same time, it's one of those where the the way the herd is reacting is completely circumstantial. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have that fortitude of mind to weather through the storm. I mean, think about people's fate. Like people that are Christians are thinking about this is the last days. This is, this is, this is judgment day. This is the pandemic. This is the end of the world, the apocalypse. This is, uh, um, they believe that God's going to come down and, and they're going to have the rapture and they're going to go to heaven. And all of us are going to stay here and, and drink all the booze. Sounds kind of good. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. <laughs> I've already started. <laughs> yeah. I'm a couple of, a couple of sheets in right now. So, uh, <laughs> You know, it's, uh, I know how to deal with fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have fear of running out of booze. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's a, a bit of a tongue in cheek response, but it's true. Like one of the first things I did was I called my wife. I was like, Hey, um, I don't want you to go crazy, but go get some canned soups and stuff and go get some ramen and go get some water. And I'm going to hit the liquor store. <laughs> Because I don't know if this state is going to shut down like other states have shut down. And I want, and because liquor is so controlled in Utah, I don't know if you guys know this or not, you can only get liquor at state-sanctioned liquor stores. You can't get it in the grocery stores or gas stations. Oh, you can get beer. Yeah, like us, I can go to 7-Eleven and buy Jack Daniels. Yeah, see, that's not like, a, <laughs> that's normal. I'm not yeah. in a normal place. <laughs> and so we no. have to like plan ahead. If there's a holiday, you go early to go get your booze. If there's a catastrophe, you get out there as soon as you can, elbow your way to the whiskey and get the fuck out. It's no joke here. Um, well, you know, they consider booze to be essential services. You know that too, right? Yeah. And it, I mean, it has to be. Like there's so many, my wife was like, well, why do you need booze? You're the only one in the house that drinks. I'm like, but you don't just use booze for drinking. Like it could be a sanitizer, a sterilizer. It, it could be a, a way of, of coping, of cleaning wounds, but also coping with getting wounded. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that you have to take into account when you're faced with your fears. And that is, how am I going to survive through them? And, and so you have to practice some um, techniques in order to manage your fears so that you can then consciously with intention and understanding work your way through what it is you're fearing um and this is jumping ahead so maybe uh i want to i want to take a quick step back and then we'll get right back into managing fear um let's talk about where fear comes from because and this is something that everyone understands inherently because we're all human and we've all experienced it but just to put it into perspective um you can experience fear from trauma loss of control that's something that i felt immediately as soon as i realized that we were in the middle of an earthquake i had zero control and i just had to write it out and make sure those that i loved were protected and taken care of and so that fear of not being in control at all is a massive one that has fucked with me for days now um it's just a you know living in california i used to just sleep through them they were so calm and that's what just, I... you know and you're like oh it's an earthquake you yeah. know they gotta stand you know in the archway or go outside you know so but i mean if you know it's there like mm -hmm. they're like oh it's an earthquake and i was like man it's like right through them <laughs> yeah and that's another part of it is that one of the coping mechanisms for managing your fears is exposure to them 
And so you do have people who live in tornado-prone uh, areas, hurricane-prone areas, uh, earthquake-prone areas, that it's not a big deal to them because they're constantly exposed to it. And you can argue that maybe that's not a good thing because then when something really happens that's uh, you know much more severe than they're used to, they're not going to be prepared because they're too used to it. Um, but it goes either way, of course. Uh, if you freak out every time, then you're just going to deteriorate your health and your, your psyche. Um, yeah, fear will, will make you more sick than anything else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, physical harm causes fear. Um, fear of physical harm causes fear. That's funny you bring that up, too, because people are afraid that they're going to be, you know, people with guns are going to go mm -hmm. around. There's going to be robbing. There's going to be thieving. There's going to be riots. There's going to be this and that, you know, and, and not to get off topic, but that's why mm -hmm. they're thinking about doing the stimulus. Because if people have money, yep. people will calm the fuck down. Yeah. And it's not so much just a help the economy. It's more of like, hey, we'll give you some money to chill out. Because yeah. people get worried about money and bills and, and feeding themselves and no more food. It's just, it's just mass hysteria. Well, that's, I mean, you, when you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, safety, food, and water are your fundamental layers of, of being able to be uh, self-actualized. You have to have food and shelter. And if you don't have a job anymore because the businesses are shut down, if you can't pay rent because you're not making money, then your threat of being kicked out and not being able to afford food and water anymore forces your hand. You find in a lot of destitute areas, people are pushed that are in, dwell in poverty are pushed to criminal acts because they don't have any other choice. They are forced into those situations. And so when this administration, who is taking a more socialist uh, stance than any Democrat or Republican administration in our country since Eisenhower, providing a universal basic income throughout this disaster and maybe for months after until everything evens back out, this is more socialism in this Trump administration than any than Bernie Sanders would ever have suggested. And they're doing it for every human being, every human adult in this country. And they are doing it, to your point, to quell everyone's panic and fear that they're not going to be able to afford food and water and they're not going to be able to have a place to put over their head. Yeah, and that's why they, they put a, a cap on the rents and the mortgages yep. and not letting people charge them. They've ruined the uh, uh, eliminated evictions, which is good. I mean, our governor here, Sisolak, came out and said all non-essential businesses are closed, which is tattoo shops, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but now they're going to go around and fine us. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you know, some people and people are still open. They're like, no, they refused. That's a, another thing, too, that people are refusing to give up. They're refusing to close their doors. They're like, no, I'm going to stay open. I'm going to weather this out. And it's like, you look at their spirit and you look at how they're handling it. And you're just like in awe, like me personally, like, I'm not going to say whether I'm open or I'm not open or I'm taking appointments or not. I'm not going to say, but I worked really hard to get where I'm at. And I've had a lot of struggle mm -hmm. to even recover. And I'm just not ready to give up. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to let it go. Yeah. Why should I? I don't care what the governor says. You know, like they say, good, good fellas. Is he putting food on the table? Is he helping us? No. So it's one of those things where it's like having the business that I have and doing what I do. Sometimes it's not about the money. Sometimes it's about just giving people hope, just getting out and just pretending to be normal for an mm -hmm. afternoon. Yeah. Getting a tattoo, you know, getting a, you know, being able to just go to make maybe the park. I mean, that's another thing too. Like, uh, I don't mean to get off topic, but like, yeah. like you said, food, water, necessity, but we are a social creature and we, you know, being quarantined and not being to being able to interact is it's bad for our psyche too. Yeah. And it, it's, this is such an amazing time that we are getting to be a part of. Like everything's going to be different after this. Nothing will be the same. Our, even our views on the rat race is completely mm -hmm. changed now. Now you're not so much concerned about your next paycheck. You're concerned about how you're going to get your next meal. Yeah. How are you going to sustain your family? How are you going to sustain your children? How are you going to keep them from freaking out? How are you going to keep them from knowing, you know, it's like, yeah, it's bad, but you want to monitor their fears too. And if you can make it go away as a father or as a parent, you totally would. So now our fundamental um, way that we look at life in general is completely turned upside down and is a completely different 
animal now. We're never going to be the same from this. Never. Yeah, I think our generation, uh, then generation, um, the millennials and generation Z, I think, is the one after them. Um, they're going to be feeling it for a long time. The generation after that will probably be okay um, because they won't live in you know, the wake of this. But in the same way that um, the recession in 2008 devastated our economy, a global economy, um, this is going to have a much larger impact. And so you thought that was bad. And as those of us who lived through it and fought through it, this is going to be much worse. And so we have to be able to manage those fears. And so you had mentioned going to a park and stuff like just today. It's, a, it's really important. It was a beautiful day. It was sunny outside. We took our daughter and our dogs and we went for a walk around the block, waved at neighbors and smiled and just acted as if nothing was going on. Now, we didn't interact with anyone, <laughs> but we weren't like all bundled up, you know, afraid of breathing either. We just. No, but you, you went out and bet. You had a normalization day. That's what I call it. Yeah. A normalization day where you feel normal. Like it could be a Saturday in a regular work week. You happen to have off. Your kids want to take a walk or go ride their bikes or whatever. You know, that's kind of the thing too. And and I call it a normalization day because we have to have those. And closing the beaches and closing this and closing that, I'm like, I don't think it's a good idea. But at the same time, I don't make those decisions. I'm not aware of how bad this truly is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make sure that I handle it the best way that I can, but it's still, you know, a day of normalization. And I hear you, like when you talk about, you know, I don't have kids, so I'm not really, you know, I don't know what those fears are, but to listen to you talk about it and to hear your voice, I was like, this must be the most, that's a whole nother level that I can't even fathom. Yeah, and I was like, holy, when I heard you talk. I was like, wow, dude, I forgot. Like you have little people that depend on you for everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Little no, people. I mean, it, you know, they're, they're looking to you for answers because you're dad, yeah. but even you don't know the answer. So it's like, man, it's just, this is, yeah. Talk about fear. Like as I sit here, I'm thinking to myself, you know, tomorrow I have to go board up my shop. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what a, I'm upset about it, but I'm not really upset about it because everybody's doing this. Mm. It's not just me personally, but at the same time, it's like, are we going to go back to normal? What is normal going to be? Is there going to be a normal or is this, or is this really the end? That's one of the things I've been questioning a lot lately is, is this the end? What if this virus is so out of control and so bad that it decimates the population? Like what if it's catastrophic? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, Russia's reporting they don't have that many cases, but is that true? Yeah. Are they testing like we are or, or, or is this just, yeah, and that that's the other side of this is that you, we we have to we have to accept our fears at face value. Whatever we're feeling in the moment, whether it's distrust or terror, you have to accept it because these are things that are 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 um, reactions to what you're experiencing. You can shut off social media. You can shut off the news if you're getting too too high of an anxiety level. You can distance yourself from the exposure so that then you can take a breath and just realize that you're alive. Hopefully you're healthy. If you're not healthy, hopefully you're taking care of yourself and you're not exposing other people. And you're just doing what you can in order to maintain any semblance of calmness and happiness that you have access to. So you can do that through um, media, you know, entertainment media, like TV, video games, uh, movies, music is Four really five. great. Um, but you can also masturbate, have sex, uh, expose yourself to those that you're constantly around and tell a joke, laugh, be willing through stressful situations to laugh. Uh, yesterday and the day before when we were getting aftershocks every few minutes, uh, I just had to sit here and just laugh because there's nothing else that I can do. Like you are helpless. So find humor in it. Whether it makes your stomach feel gurgly or maybe you want to fart or something. Giggle because farting is funny. Like have a moment of levity within yourself as a way of managing whatever anxiety, whatever fear you're experiencing. Because one thing that alcoholics um, like to latch onto is accept that which you cannot control. Right. That's what we as human beings have to be able to do. Accept what we cannot control. And that then allows you to focus in on what you can control and how you feel 
is something that you can control. It takes work and it's not going to happen how overnight. How you react to the situation is solely on your shoulders. Yeah. How you choose to respond to this, how you choose to take it in stride. Are you going to be, you know, the gun-toting guy, uh, you know, in the army fatigues trying to get your toilet paper? Or are you going to be regular person and saying, hi, and excuse me? It's, um, you know, there's a point when it's going to, whatever happens is going to happen. We just, like you said, we have to control how we deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, me cracking jokes or, you know, staying open to tattoo a few clients, it makes them feel normal. Yeah. It makes them feel okay. And it's like, you know what? It's like, uh, I don't want to take that away from people. You know, people just want to come and just watch Supergirl with me, which I'm really into right now. Um, <laughs> they want to watch that or they want to just experience or they want to hear me talk or they just want to hang out with someone else and socialize. Yeah. You know, I know we're not supposed to socialize, but it's, it's you know, if let's just say that this is the end, let's just say, let's call it what it is. Let's address the elephant in the room. What if this pandemic is, is actually the end? Then is all that other shit matter of all the, 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 the shows that we've done or the people we've interacted with, the rat race, you're pissed off. You couldn't buy that BMW from, from, uh, um, Ed Harris. Um, you, you just, <laughs> you just be mad. You, you know, you, you, you know, it's like, is all of it necessary? Your credit score, uh, uh, the 500 channels on your cable. Right. You didn't, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And you're right. Like I've instituted doing a uh, role-playing games, mm-hmm. old D and D style. It's like, let's just be people. Let's interact. Let's go escape our realm for a few moments and experience something else. Yeah. Let's put away that anxiety. Let's have a distraction. You know, that's why I don't think it's good that they close the gyms or the movie theaters mm. for people to escape. That's where they're going to go. And now we don't have it anymore. I miss going to the gym. I like yeah. going to the gym. You know, you see your gym buddies, you, you hang out, you talk, you, it's a social thing too. And now it's just like, and I can't even, I can't even go work out. I can't even do the things that manage my fear and anxiety. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about that too, because uh, we've already covered a few different ways that you can manage fear. And again, how integral it is, I want to impress upon everyone that you are not going to be able to eliminate fear, but you can manage it. And if you are getting to a point where your anxiety levels are too great or your fear is too great that it's stopping you from enjoying or interacting with your life in a regular way, whatever regular means to you as an individual, then you need to practice techniques to help you manage that. So you mentioned exercise. A lot of people use gyms to exercise, but you don't need gyms to exercise. You can go the old school way of, of push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups and uh, uh, squats. And I think there's a lot of things that you prison can do. Prison workout. Yeah, yeah, prison workouts. But there's like real, and there's, there's uh, exercise routines online and on most TV uh, right. streaming services that you can reference uh, to get your adrenaline moving in a healthier way. And, and here's what everyone needs to understand. And, and I want to touch on food here in a second, too. Um, the only way that you are going to be able to cope with reality, stresses, anxieties, um, other human beings impressing their will upon you, uh, deaths, uh, just reality, is if you have a healthy system. And that means that you are exercising, you're eating a healthy diet, whatever the fuck that means, that you're doing what you can so that you are psychologically and physically capable of handling what is delivered to you. So you have to exercise. This isn't something that should be a choice in anyone's life. It's something that you should force yourself to do because you're going to feel better after and your body is going to be more responsive to your needs in taking care and fighting off infections and diseases. Infections, yes. Um, okay, so exercise is a huge one. Acclimation. We had, we had mentioned it earlier. If you are around your fears a lot, then they become less powerful fears. Um, right. And so if you're afraid of spiders, I'm not saying, you know, bathe in spiders, but you know, one-on-one exposure with them or maybe challenge yourself instead of squishing the spider that you see in your house next, maybe scoop it up with a piece of paper and then take it outside and let it go outside. That exposure to the creature that you're terrified of uh, can actually help lessen your fears. So acclimation of being around them. Um, Knowing yourself, knowing that you can't control everything, but that you do have tools available to you, that you 
you are capable. You are a human being. You're a Satanist. You are capable of managing whatever life throws your way. And if you understand that you are fundamentally capable, then you're more likely to find ways of actually coping instead of just succumbing to those fears that you have. You know, and that's just, this is a good time to, um, to, you know, read too. I mean, challenge yeah, yourself yeah. to like read books that you were never going to read before. Like now is the time to read. Uh, um, you can also, you know, study things. You can also paint, draw. If you've never dr drawn before or painted, try it. Something yeah. new, something to get your mind out of it. Crossword puzzles, play video games, do those things that, you know, get you to, to, you know, engage yourself, engage your mind. You know, that's the one thing about gaming too, that like you put on the headset, you can talk to people around the world yeah. and they have the same fears that you have and they have the same wants and desires and they have the desire to escape as well. So I think that's a great tool as well. And you're right about working out, keeping yourself in shape, you know, keeping your immunity system up, taking care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, managing your fears, I think will be key in this time, but you know, as it gets worse, which it probably will. Yeah. Um, if you have your things in place, then you're going to be able to maintain more. And there will be some people that lose their shit. There will be, there will some people that it'll be too much for them to handle. So, um, that's why I think as I want to reiterate this, the stimulus is more for peace of mind than just actually stimulating the economy. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm getting some money. I'll be able to buy food. I'll be able to eat. We don't know the grocery stores are going to run out of food. We don't know that, but some aspect is being being pacified and um as satanists i feel that we are more capable of dealing with these uh threads and dealing with these concepts and trying to make ourselves better than the actual herd mm -hmm. you know once it's all said and done like we're all going to be better for it we're all going to come out the other side as stronger so um i believe that we have a responsibility to ourselves to take care of ourselves and if the herd mentality gets weeded out and we're what's left. We're going to be here to uh, make sure that the right things are done and the elite rise to the top. You know, in our past episodes, you've gotten really upset about meritocracy and only the the, the best people rise to the top. And, mm. and we, I think my concern is the definition of, of who, who actual meritocracy, you know, the form that it takes, whether it's Correct. an organic form or whether it's a gamed form of meritocracy. But now it's going to be a evolving form that yeah. the elite and the strong are going to rise to the top. You're going to mm -hmm. figure it out. You're going to find a way. The cream will rise. If you are incapable of handling this and managing your fears, you're going to fall to the wayside. You're going to not be able to cope and handle it. And those that have the 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 mentality to weather the storm and not freak out and mm. do it. They're going to be the ones that rise to the top. Yeah. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic to see if it is 30 days, if it's 120 days, if it's two years, we'll never know. But we'll, the, the other side of the coin will be, like you said, the strongest and the smartest are be the ones that survived. It's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Well, and then there's there's a fair amount of just chaos of the universe in there as well, where, you know, if you just happen to live in a more sparse populated area and you don't normally have interactions with other people, you're less likely to contract it anyway. And so there's there's a lot that goes into it that's more than what we as Satanists like to think of as, well, I'm better and so of course I'm going to survive. There's going to be a fair amount of Satanists that are going to be affected by this. And some of them Oh yeah, I'm not just die. talking about getting sick. So, I'm talking about like once everything is done and they say, okay, y'all can go back to work now. Right. Like how is that going to jumpstart? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to talk about some of the fears because a lot of the time we think of justified fears, but sometimes fears are just irrational and there's no reason why they should exist. But that doesn't mean that you're weak because you have them. Some of our fears are just irrational responses to stimuli that we don't have control over. And so, like hoarding toilet paper, <laughs> I have a fear of not being able to wipe my butt. <laughs> and so, I need talk about cock off or cocoa puffs. <laughs> I use Cocoa Puffs. They can't tell if I've used them. So that's why I use them. Um, <laughs> it's like sandpaper. It gets every little bit off. Uh, so there's a Gallup poll conducted in 2005 that reveals the most common fears of teenagers in the United States. And the top 10 list is as follows. Terrorist attacks, spiders, 
death, failure, war, heights, crime or violence, being alone, the future, and nuclear war. Some of these are rational. Terrorist attacks, uh, nuclear war. I don't know if that's as rational nowadays, but certainly there were times in our history where it was a, a, a real one. Um, being alone. I would say that's an irrational fear, but it doesn't matter if it's irrational or not. People are experiencing it and it's real to them. They're experiencing it right now being yeah. quarantined. What if you're a bachelor living by himself? Mm -hmm. Like, where are you going to, like, you're by yourself completely. That's got to be scary to not right. be able to interact with people. Yeah. You know, like me and my friend, like, we're both single guys. And uh, he was like, dude, I think we should stay with each other just for right now. Just, that there's somebody here, that there's someone to yeah. talk to. Like there's someone's got your back. Like that, it was like good for both of us. So it was like, yeah, that's that sounds like something we should do, man. Because it's like you know, you know, we don't want to distance ourselves too much, but you don't want to be alone either. Yeah, no, and that's absolutely valid. Um, and you know, I mean, people were mentioning if you understand that death is inevitable, then everything else seems to be easier. Not necessarily, because again, sometimes your fears are irrational but they are very real to you. And so whether or not someone else shares your fears doesn't matter. The fact is you have them. And so understanding how to cope with them is essential for you to be effective in your life or to be able to exist until you no longer exist. Because again, like everyone's been pointing out in the chat room, yeah, we're gonna die. <coughs> At least let's enjoy our time. <laughs> Right? I mean, if, right. if we only have a finite time, let's enjoy it. If we all knew that we were going to die tomorrow, we would have a hell of a fucking party tonight. And and that's oh, yeah. how we should live life. Uh, okay, so some other ways, um, I, and I'm going to touch on some that maybe some of you are going to be a little upset with, but I think it's valid and we need to at least examine it. Um, relaxation techniques. So breathing exercises and meditation. This stuff is really kind of important. Like you have to be able to learn how to calm yourself uh, and, and relaxation, uh, breathing exercises and meditations are wonderful ways of doing this. Finding whatever your center is and existing there uh, is a wonderful thing if you can do it. Um, eating healthy, you know, just don't, don't exist on junk food. You know, everything in the center of a grocery store, all your processed foods, all your sugar-filled foods, salt and fat-rich foods, um, those are probably not the best things to try to survive on. In as much as possible, try to stay on the outside of grocery stores where you have your vegetables, where you have your meats, your poultry, where you have uh, your beef and your uh, breads. That's going to be your best place to live. I started the carnivore diet like a couple of weeks ago and I oh, was really? like all excited. Yeah. And I lost like 15 pounds in the first two weeks. Wow. So I was like really excited. I'm still trying to maintain with it. Like I buy tuna fish. I buy, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? It's got to be tough nowadays though, right? It is, it is, you know, but I'm, I'm still, you know, if I have to eat bread, I'm going to go do it. Like if I have a necessity where it's like eat bread or no eat at all, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to eat bread, but um, I'm trying to maintain as much as I can. And it's just kind of like, you know, but I, I do feel better. You know, that's another thing too. Like if you don't feel good with what you eat, like you said, junk food, that's going to be, you know, eating, you know, eating candy and stuff. That's not going to help your situation either. Yeah. No, so no. yeah, like you're absolutely right. You got to eat, try to eat smart. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to eat macaroni and cheese every day. Like that's not going to help you. Yeah. Eating top ramen every day is going to help you. No. Got to moderate and you got to make sure. And, and no, you're absolutely right. But that's another thing too, like fear of, is there going to be a grocery store tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Are you able to, because right now people are having trouble. There are, um, they're called food deserts, I believe, where they just don't have access to regular um, uh, vegetables and fruits uh, in, you know, regionally in the United States. That's going to be spreading all across as as uh, communication as transportation lines are closed down as production uh is closed down then it's, we're going to be forced with that reality it's funny that you say that because right before the virus hit i tattooed some truck drivers oh really and they they do food mm -hmm. and they're like we are so fucking busy we're not going under like there's goods that have to be traveled yep. there's no way around it mm -hmm. like it will happen you know you know, that's, that's one of the things where like, you know, 
uh, truck drivers. They're keeping America alive by delivering goods and services that need to be delivered. You know, mm-hmm. once, you know, they stop, no more food's coming. Right. No more, you know, we are so um, conditioned to just going to the grocery store. It's going to be there. Now, Satan me. Oh, you move. Can you scoot over or move your camera a little bit? All right. So hopefully we're back now. We we froze up. <laughs> yeah, right is left, left is right. Okay, there we go. Sorry, everyone. Uh, my The program I used to stream has uh, had some issues today, and I don't know why. And so I, I appreciate you guys hanging in there. Um, the virus did not take us out yet. <laughs> But who knows? Maybe it's warped. It's uh, 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 completely, uh, what is that called? It's mutated into uh, the intertube. Yeah. So now it's not only a beer-related virus, now it's a computer-related virus. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear that Bud Light was trying to get, uh, Corona was trying to get them to call it the Bud Light virus? <laughs> They're really... It's going to hurt sales. Uh, that's Don't call it the coronavirus, you asshole. <laughs> call it the Bud Light. Um, okay, so let, you were talking about how truck drivers were not going to be out of jobs. Do you want to pick up from that? Yeah. Um, I tattooed a few of them before all this nonsense hit, and they were talking about how like they're essential, and they're going to keep delivering food, and mm-hmm. they're ramping up, and they're busy, and they're going to, you know, and they were mad because like they work for six weeks, and they have five days off. They had nothing to do, no yeah. place to go. So it's a uh, it's a shame like do that's one thing too to be able to make money but you can't spend it yeah. you can't enjoy yourself you're just mm, existing mm. you know it's just uh yeah so as long as the truck drivers are still going as long as they're still growing food and things like that i think we're going to be okay i think it's mm-hmm. going to be all right but then again i don't know yeah I no well idea. and and when you when you look at the reaction to that initial hoarding mentality i don't again this is going to depend entirely regionally but where I am, there was an initial run, and that sort of slowed down. So the, the store shelves are not empty anymore, but they are sparse because people are buying more than they are required because they don't know if it's going to continue. Um, it becomes this weird cycle. But I do want to talk about some other ways that we can help manage our fear. Um, and again, you know, we talked earlier about buying booze and drinking, and I want to stress that we need to I, either avoid or drink in moderation. Avoid drinking or drink in moderation if you're used to just over-consuming. Because one, it's just not going to be there in abundance, uh, or it potentially couldn't. But also, alcohol affects your mind. It affects your immune system. You need to be in peak form in order to exist in stressful times and in infectious times. Your body has to be in its best possible condition and, you know, I'll have a glass or two and then be done. I'm not going to do that every single day. And I'm not going to go overboard with it because I understand that I have to be able to react if I need to or make decisions that can affect the lives of those I love or myself. Um, and those decisions right. can be dulled or altered through the use of drugs, alcohol being a drug. And this goes for all of you potheads as well. I don't mind the weed. Don't mind it at all. Do your thing. But understand that it is going to dull. So maybe don't imbibe as much as you used to while we're in the middle of this shit. And that's all. You don't have to stop. Right. Just meter your usage of whatever substance it is. Believe we'll me, talk about, there's nothing talk, I would like to do more than just drop some asses and just go crazy in these weird times. <laughs> but I got responsibilities. And not only to myself, yeah. but to other people that are important to me. And so I can't do that. And I don't have a supplier. So what the fuck? <laughs> indulgence, not compulsion. Right. Moderate your uh, yeah. indulgence a yeah. little bit so you'll be all right. Like, you don't want to be, you don't want to create another problem. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, and, you know, doing too much excess too can lead to more fear. Yeah. You know, fear yeah. of the, yeah, so it's, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. I'm drinking all my wine. You know, it's, uh, oh man, you know, you think about all the, all the times that we've drank in and gotten all plastered and plowed, you're like, those some good times, man. I can't do that again for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah There's a lot of things we can't do anymore. And it's just like, I think what most people have the most fear is the, the waiting, mm-hmm. the how long, 
Yeah. You know, or mad that our governor shut down non-essential uh, businesses. And I was like, that's great, but what about not charging us rent? What about not charging us for all these other things? Right. Like, you're going to shut down our business and then you're mad that we're trying to stay open. Well, people are afraid of what's going to come down. Hmm. Maybe people don't have a, a safety net. Maybe right. they were, like you said, paycheck to paycheck or their business just started mm-hmm. and now they're gone. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I do want to mention this one again, people aren't probably going to like it much on this particular channel, but faith and spirituality, it doesn't work for me because I'm a different type of person, but for some people, that's important to them. And whatever it is, if it brings you a sense of comfort, that is what you need to pursue. And so it's not going to be applicable to Satanists, but for other people out there, it may be. And, and again, whatever works to manage your fear is something that you need to explore. You may realize you're not a Satanist. Hey, all the better. Go and do whatever the hell you're doing and get, stop pretending. I don't care. My point right. is... Find what works and, and move through life with it. Um, and then I think the last thing I wanted to bring up is ask for help. If you honestly cannot manage your fears, reach out to someone that you love. Reach out to someone that you care about and ask for an ear. Just someone to talk to or maybe, you know, a phone call or a Skype session or, you know, whatever it is. Ask for help because the truth is, is... We are social creatures by nature, not by choice. Some of us are more misanthropic, uh, misanthropic than others. But the truth is we need human contact as a species. We need it. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with reaching out. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't. If you ask for help, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that you fucking need help. And hopefully you've cultivated relationships where you can rely on people or you can call on people. And that's that really was one of the re- that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this show too. I was like, you know what, you know, of all the, you know, even if we never did another show again, like mm. no big deal, I'd be a little sad. But um, uh, uh, but I I just thought like this was an opportune time to say, hey, we're out here, mm. we're still with you, everything hasn't stopped, we're still out here, we're still, you know, we're still pushing. Uh, uh, thought process and we're still engaging with each other and I figure that this show kind of goes against Satanism in a way but I wanted to give people a little bit of hope I don't know if that sounds weird but this was kind of like my way of of helping during the crisis and it may sound corny and you may all make fun of me which I'm used to Um, (laughs) we'll have to do another roast yeah uh, we have to, uh, I thought, you know what, this might give people a little bit of, uh, like you said, helping them manage those fears, mm-hmm. giving them a, a, a break, you know, listening to their two favorite podcasters talk about <laughs> stuff that they feel yeah, about too. Right. You know, I'm serious, you know, it's people barely like, you know, tune in. <laughs> they, I think we're, we're hate watched more than we're enjoyed. Hey, Hey, we'll take it as we get it. Take it as we get it. Yeah. The, it's the thought that counts, Adam. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, you had mentioned maybe it goes against Satanism. Zachary's asking, how does this show go against Satanism? I don't think it does. I think the, the, the reality is, is as a Satanist, we have to be able to explore. First of all, we question everything. So we have to explore avenues that maybe we haven't explored in the past to find out how we can manage our fears. Uh, if we're experiencing fears and we're feeling bad about it, because we thought we were better than that. Maybe we thought we evolved beyond that. And we realized that, no, we are in fact human and we are susceptible to all human conditions. As Satanists, we celebrate that. So with that good comes the bad. And this is one of those times that we happen to be in a bad situation, but we still have to exist. We still have to cope. We still have to work our way through it. And so whether or not we're performing a show, teaching people how to uh, perform lesser magic, or we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, how someone can earn more money in the workplace, we, we have to have those discussions about how to manage anxieties and fears because we still have those two. And yeah. ultimately, when we're both old and decrepit, we're going to have uh, erectile dysfunction shows <laughs> because we're going to have to talk about it because it's going to happen. Maybe eventually. Does it? Is it inevitable? 
No, I think with okay. medical science, I don't think that'll be. Relevant. See, that'll be one of our solutions. <laughs> yes, yes. One of our, when we get to old age enough, we'll be talking about what the best product is to take to eliminate those symptoms. <laughs> we'll do an in case study when it gets to that point. When I hit my 60s, I'll give an in case uh, 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 case study on, on what helps yeah. keep lead in your pencil. And you can tell because I'm still going right now. <laughs> <laughs> Proof positive it still works. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll, we'll be Johnny on the spot with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, that that's kind of uh, where I wanted to uh, end with this. I mean, I think it's important. Um, it's important as an individual, even if you don't like the majority or all of mankind, to cultivate friendships or uh, intimate relations, so that if you absolutely need it, someone is there, and so. What I was very touched yeah. by was a number of people reached out when that earthquake hit that I never thought would reach out. Um, and sometimes, you know, someone will just text me out of the blue, like you. You just left this really funny Christopher Walken voicemail just because. And it made me smile and it made me think of you and it put me in an instant good mood when I was in the middle of a really bad place. And so little things like that that you can expect or be surprised by or rely on if if needed are really important as human beings and so again be discerning be smart but cultivate those relationships for situations where you absolutely need them and we're in you one of those and situations I'm, I'm available on facebook if you guys are on there hit me up on messenger i may not accept all friend requests because i get a lot of them um but if you guys hit me up on messenger and you guys want to talk or do whatever or shoot the shit or want to hear some Christopher Walken, I am readily at the disposable. I'm serious. Like if it's going to make you, if it's going to make your day, I'm all down for it. And that's the whole reason I did it in the first place. It was fun. And yeah, it, it was. still is. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's still relevant and uh, I, I'm just uh, glad to be a part of it. And um, I, you know, I, I emailed Peter not too long ago, uh, Peter Gilmore, um, <laughs> about, you know, things that you know i've accomplished and things that i've done in real world stuff and how you know we level up and everything and and how we cope with things so it was interesting and then shortly after this happened i was like wow it just uh this will definitely test your fortitude so like i said before if you guys want to chat or talk to me i'm available message me as long as there's social media i will uh take care of you guys yeah, yeah reach out to him don't call me <laughs> my roster is my dance card is full <laughs> I don't yeah, Adam, Adam, Adam doesn't like talking to people I, I very rarely talk to my best of closest of friends uh, as, as Patrick knows I very rarely I don't even usually have my phone on me so a lot of times I won't even know someone called me until the morning and you know it's, I have no idea I, just, I, I intentionally distract like, keep it at arm's length so don't reach out to me <laughs> Let me, let me say something. The first time Adam met me, he thought I was nuts. And he avoided me like the plague. That's the absolute truth. We sat right next to each other, so I didn't avoid you like the plague. But I did think you were well, a very no, interesting person. Well, no, you couldn't get up and person. change seats in the middle. <laughs> I was like, can someone please switch me? <laughs> I can't take it anymore. I remember that. Other, I was thinking about that the other day. I was looking through my old phone. I saw a picture of the Smithsonian and everything. And I was like, wow, dude, I remember that that day. And, and, that was uh, a good day. That, that was a good day, yeah. I, I, I have a really funny story from that day. I don't know if I ever shared it with you. But uh, there was a bar down below us in the basement. Oh, yeah. That were yeah. serving regular customers. And they heard us upstairs. And when I walked down the stairs and I went to the cash machine because I'd run out of drink cans, um, I just started paying. Um, <laughs> so it sounded like a record scratch. I could feel all the eyes on me. As I was putting my it's card, I mean, there was not a sound in the whole fucking place, mm -hmm. and it didn't start up again until I left the room. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> awesome!" You're like, "Uh, uh." It, like, it, literally, everybody stopped and stared at me, and I was like, "What was my flight undone? <laughs> was my cock hanging out again? <laughs> it happens every time I go out." <laughs> um. All right. So, everyone, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, if you are experiencing, um anxiety and fear know that it's normal uh and there are ways of coping with it i hope we shared a few of them uh, throughout this and i think it's important to educate yourself on what it is you're experiencing and feeling whether it's fear or whether it's some other disorder 
Uh, it doesn't mean you're less than because you're experiencing it. It just means you're human, and there's not a goddamn thing wrong with that because we're all it. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for coming in the live chat, for sitting through this. Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for reaching out and setting this episode up. It's been a lot of fun, and I really enjoy speaking with you. I'm glad, dude. We had a, you know, like sometimes uh, goodness comes out of out of necessity. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, until Keep next time. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep those checks coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until next time, until we can speak of the devil again. Hail Satan, everyone. Hail Satan, everybody.